0: You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the voice of reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same.
1: Welcome back to Incorporating the Superpowers. This is the show where we bring People that are doing things differently to the forefront to highlight how they are impacting the world and how it's important for these changes in business, in life, in relationship to come to the forefront in everything that we're doing. We have to evolve. We can't be stagnant and we can't just rely on the ways of the past. And and my guest today is... um, well, my guest today is doing some really, really neat stuff. My guest today is Jim Tan. He is the author of Radical Collaboration. And it's actually in its second printing. And he's also got an amazing TED talk on reducing defensiveness. And this this these two concepts are near and dear to, to my heart, especially here at being part of Superpower Experts. Um the the concept of radical collaboration. Jim and I were talking before the show, and you know our vernacular is synergistic collaboration, and how do we create win 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 situations? And so I'm going to bring Jim onto the show because Jim has got a lot to say, and I can hardly wait to um, learn more from him on the show. Jim, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much, Justin. I appreciate being here.
1: Now, Jim, you've got quite the background. You, you're you're a former judge. And you've got over forty years' experience in, in conflict resolution. Well, it's
0: it's closer to fifty now, fifty five. <laughs> okay. I'm getting older. Yeah, I was a judge for about uh, a little over twenty years. Uh, worked for the state for twenty five years, and then uh, now I teach in a number of programs.
1: So, so to to, to say that you've seen how um, defensiveness and how uh, conflict and how competition between parties comes into play is kind of an understatement.
0: <laughs> That's true. I've, uh, in my role as a judge, I think I've mediated, oh, somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 labor disputes. Oh, so, wow. Uh, my jurisdiction was employment conflicts. And wow. uh, so I've I've seen the good and I've seen the bad.
1: Wow, this so uh, even more important, and, and this is this is makes it even more important, especially for this show being incorporating superpowers and being in the business world. You know, re- resolving employment conflicts. How, talk to me about in your experience of this this uh, in how radical uh, how how the concept of radical um, collaboration came about. What were some of the elements that you saw? In those conflicts between the people that were, you know that you were having to judge uh, and, and serve, uh, how how what were some of the elements that came that came up for you that were that, that made you like, made you realize that collaboration was the, the best best road?
0: Sure. well, the the two things that I saw more than anything else was one, people lacked skills in collaboration. I mean, no one teaches this, uh, no one has a <laughs> class in collaboration when you go to college these days. Uh, so they didn't—they didn't know how to work together effectively. And then, second, uh, they would get defensive. So they had a lack of self-awareness about that, uh, and that was causing problems, primarily relationship problems. So if we could figure out how to deal with the relationship problems, and give them the skills necessary to resolve the the typical conflicts that come up in any long-term, you know, working relationship, uh, that made a, just a radical difference. That's part why we called it the called the book radical collaboration because the the level of collaboration that we were advocating at the time was pretty radical for that time. This was we started this back in the late 1980s, early 1990s And then those organizations that were actually doing it produced pretty radical results too. Well,
1: I, I love that because um I, I think I, I'm coming from the government sector, right? I'm mean, a former counterintelligence right. agent. The the concept of collaboration was uh you know we were so segmented out on a need-to-know basis and you know who we could talk to what we could talk you know what we could talk about was so limited that it, it created this its own unique defensive posturing within the organizations that we were part of in and of itself that nothing really ever got done
0: yeah yeah well we see that in organizations today too i mean i I think organizations are doing better dealing with obnoxious behavior, uh, but they're doing worse dealing with conflict avoidant behavior. And, uh, you know, people don't want to deal with conflict. It's, it's stressful for them. And so they avoid it. And uh, they, they create what we call a pink zone uh, type of culture, which is a conflict avoidant, passive, aggressive type culture. People aren't very direct. They're not willing to give feedback. They're not willing to say what's really on their mind. You go into a, a pink zone meeting and everyone's going, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we could do that. And then when they leave the meeting, guess what happens? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: cause, cause they're all bad. They're all bad-mouthing each other. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But nobody's willing to stand up and say, Hey, this is a really bad idea. We shouldn't put our energy in here or our money, you know, uh, yeah. because they're afraid of being accused of not being collaborative.
1: Yeah. Or not being a team player or yeah saying the wrong thing and maybe getting fired. Right. It's all, all of that, all of that's in there. There's, there's what I see in, in what you're doing is, is that you're, what you're bringing to the table is you're giving people the opportunity to really take a look at that, that internal journey, right. That we all have, whether it be employee, entrepreneur, whatever that is, is like, okay, who are we and what are our own fears? And is it okay? Is it safe for us to be vulnerable in, in a work environment?
0: Yeah. So much of, of what I see is fear driven. You know, every time somebody gets defensive, it's because there's some underlying fear there. And if you're going to well, have uh, an effective workplace in, you, you know, there's just been a huge amount of research showing that you need to people need to feel psychologically safe. They need to be able to raise difficult issues and, and deal with them directly.
1: No, I agree this is this and this is a, this, this is a great pause for us here because this is really where I think the, the meat and potatoes of this conversation is going to come in is around uh, around your TED talk around you know the defensiveness on how to reduce defensiveness, especially in the workplace. Uh, but before we go on break, where can people go find more information about you?
0: There's a website, uh, radicalcollaboration.com. They can uh, look me up on YouTube, the TED Talk on defensiveness. Uh, James Tam on defensiveness, uh, and then the radical collaboration book.
1: Cool. Fantastic, folks! Go take a look at radical collaboration. This these these concepts that if you're having challenges in your own business, if you're having challenges in your relationships, these concepts of collaboration, especially radical collaboration, are the way to bust through the things that are holding you back and, and not advancing your life, your business in the direction that you want and understanding collaboration is the fastest and easiest way to get there stay tuned we'll be right back after this break thank you for listening to the superpower network if you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting we invite you to join us we co-create a non-competitive collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Jim Tam. He is the uh, author of the book Radical Collaboration. And before the break, we were talking about um, defensiveness and how um, Jim was talking about pink zone meetings and, and how you go into a pink zone meeting. And it's just, you know, everybody's got their guard up and nobody's really agreeing and nobody's really wanting to get anything done so jim talk to me about this defensiveness i you know you in your experience as a as a judge for for 25 years i would imagine that, that the defensiveness on, on on both you know the plaintiff and defense side where it was probably so thick <laughs> that, that you yeah. that, that you had to cut through with a knife
0: you know, uh, as a judge for over 25 years dealing with employment disputes, I almost never had to deal with pure legal issues. People <laughs> were generally before me because somebody would start feeling vulnerable. And then when we feel vulnerable, we start getting defensive, we become fearful, we get defensive, and then our, our IQ drops about 20 points, our, <laughs> our thinking becomes rigid, and we simply become stupid. And not only are we terrible at problem solving ourselves, but we invite everybody else in the room to get defensive. And then what you've got is this whole room filled of, with people who are defensive and can't solve a problem, which, you know, in my history, the, the technical term for that is litigation, which is very expensive, you know, but it, it shows up in different ways. But it's, it's the general idea. Yeah, it's a big problem. <laughs>
1: I, I absolutely love that. I just you painted a picture in my mind that I just saw a, a board full of a boardroom full of CEOs and then somebody gets triggered and they all convert into, they all transform into like cavemen.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly <laughs> what happens. And and, and the, the problem is it's all unconscious stuff. So we don't even recognize that we're getting defensive. Yeah. So so what we try to do is we try to help people recognize, well, first of all, what defensiveness is about. Most of us think that when we get defensive, it's because we're defending ourselves from somebody else. Somebody's done something to us and we need to protect ourselves. That's not what's going on when we get defensive. What's going on there is we have some fear inside of us that we don't want to feel. And so we behave in a way that lets us stay unaware of those fears. The three most popular fears (laughs) Fears about our own significance, our competence, and our likability. They show up all the time. You know, so say, let me give you an example. Say I have some fear about doing this uh, program today. And, you know, maybe I've, I've, uh, I've been up late. I was jet lagged. I'm forgetting things and taking them out of order. And it's just not working out very well. Now, I don't like that because I like feeling confident. So one of the ways that I could reduce the discomfort that I feel about it of not doing a good job, my own competency, is I might start blaming you. You know, you're asking the wrong questions, or your audience isn't very smart, or, you know, it's too early in the morning, or whatever the excuses are. It, that's my defensiveness showing up. And what I'm trying to do is I'm defending myself from my own fear, so I don't have to feel that fear. So that would be an example of how it might show up in a, in the middle of a meeting, or a, or a, a middle of a, you know, a, a board meeting with the, the cavemen sitting around the table. Mm hmm.
1: Uh, I, I, I love that because that that's the um, that's a place I know, especially as guys, that that's the last place that we want to go. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, is, it's a lot easier it's, for it's us them. to armor up and attack.
0: That's right. That's right. And, you know, to deal with our fear is it requires you to be able to deal with some vulnerability and uh, and let yourself feel the fear because you can't do anything about it if you're not going to let yourself feel the fear. You won't no, do anything so sh- about your defensiveness if you don't acknowledge that you're getting defensiveness, too, if you're getting defensive.
1: So I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Jim. Yeah. But if I am, if I admit that I'm scared, isn't that weakness?
0: No, not really, because there are times when it's very appropriate to be scared. You know, <laughs> you're going in for a really important meeting. Uh, you know, your business might depend on it. The survival of your business might depend upon it or a new job might depend upon it. What's wrong with being fearful about that? I mean, there's, it's being scared is a normal thing. Uh, you don't want it to paralyze you, though. You know, you don't want it to be the dominant uh, feeling that you're have, having or the dominant thought that's it's taking over yourself uh, when you go into that meeting. But that's it's normal for us to feel that. So you acknowledge it. You take some action. Uh, you figure out how your defensiveness shows up. Uh, there, there are things you can do to reduce your defensiveness if you pay attention to it.
1: So, what, what are some of the key things that you've noticed in your years of experience that allow people to come into awareness of their defensiveness?
0: Yeah. Well, the the very first thing is you have to acknowledge it. You have to notice it. So we try to help people see, uh, since since the fears that we're feeling are generally unconscious most of us are not sufficiently in tune with that uh, to be able to pick up those fears at an early point in the process until we've already done some damage with defensiveness in the relationship. So what we try to get people to do is to pay attention to what their outward signs of defensiveness are, their outward behaviors, because these outward behaviors are usually easier to spot at an earlier point in the process uh, before we've done the damage. Things like Uh, Whether you withdraw into deadly silence or whether you always want the last word, you know, or whether you're flooding with information to prove a point. Those kinds of behaviors can tip you off at an earlier point in the process that you're getting defensive. And we've got a list of about 50 of those in the Radical Collaboration book. Uh, So you notice what your behaviors are. Then when we start to get defensive, our part of our brain shuts down. Our prefrontal cortex just starts getting telescoped down into a, you know, a minor point that we obsess on. So you need to re-engage your brain to break those automatic patterns. And you can do that by looking around the room and seeing how many colors you see or how many sounds you see. Something focusing outward. Then you want to start paying attention to focusing inward and notice what the fear is. That's going on because you won't be able to get rid of that defensiveness until you deal with the underlying fear. You know, maybe it's a fear of not being important enough, or maybe it's a fear of, of uh, looking silly in front of your coworkers, or not feeling liked by other people. You know, whatever that fear is, see if you can figure that out and where that comes from. Then we encourage people to pay attention to their self-talk. You know, if you're going into a meeting and you hear the little dialogue up in your head saying. Oh, this is terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, they're going to think I'm stupid. I'm going to lose my job. My kids are going to starve. That isn't going to help you. So consciously try to turn that self-talk into something less toxic for you. You don't have to convince yourself that you're Superman and you can fly, but just make it less poisonous. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, this is a, this is an uncomfortable situation, but it's only a 45 minute meeting. I can do it. You know, I did it before. Let's go. Uh, Then uh, we encourage people to have an action plan. What are they going to do when they notice themselves, uh, falling into these defensive patterns? Like if your sign of defensiveness is to withdraw into this deadly silence, maybe you should have a question all thought out ahead of time. That you can just ask that question. You know, maybe it would be could, something like, uh, you, could you repeat what you just said there? Uh, I'm not sure I got what you, what you were meaning. And that buys you a little time to do
1: that <laughs> so, you, so, you can, so you can review what was actually said exactly
0: you know if it's if if your sign of defensiveness is a sudden drop in iq then maybe you go hide in the bathroom for five minutes to let your brain catch up with the rest of your body you know if it's flooding with information maybe you just be quiet for 15 or 20 seconds but that can try to moderate the damage of that defensiveness and then what we encourage people to do is let it go let it go and move on. It's never in your best interest to keep beating yourself up because you got defensive. This is a human condition. We all, it's all going to, you know, we all do it. It's going to happen to all of us. So you acknowledge it, you take some action, you implement your action plan, and then let it go and move on. And that'll be the the most effective thing that you can do.
1: Mm, That that right there is, um, you know, something that, going back to the conversation around fear is, you know, it is not a sign of weakness to be able to come into this own awareness of your own defensiveness, your own, your own behaviors, your own, you know, when you, when your IQ drops and whatnot, it is actually a sign of strength because it it takes a enormous amount of courage to observe yourself in those situations and especially, you know, after 30, 40, 50, 60 some odd years, whatever it might be for you, of programming to the alternative.
0: That's right. There, there's an old Glenn Campbell song that I like, and there's a line in it that says, my strengths tell me my weakness shows. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, it's a good reminder that uh, letting your weakness show occasionally and dealing with it in front of somebody else can actually help build trust rather than destroy trust.
1: Well, it's that vulnerability piece, right? It's that hey, they're willing to be vulnerable with me at a different level. Therefore, they must trust me at some sense. And it's 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 all subconscious. It's it's all things that we pick up on without our really knowing. But that's really at the deep level what builds that trust.
0: That's right. And you know, something you said on uh, you said uh, right before we took our break was uh, about business versus interpersonal. When we first started out doing this work. Uh, we were working with business groups and employment situations. But the more and more we did it, the more people come up to us and started saying things like, you know I'd like to bring my teenagers into this workshop or can I bring my spouse next time you do this? you know And so absolutely everything we're talking about for changing the nature of businesses regarding collaboration works in your interpersonal relationships. It works in your relationship with your spouse or your kids or your parents. Or your neighbors you know these are these are relationship building skills because remember I I said early on that a couple of the problems that we saw was one the lack of skills uh, for collaboration but also lack of skills regarding relationship building so basically what we're trying to do is give people both relationship skills and business related collaboration skills
1: Uh, well and the two are interchangeable i we we've got a uh, a 12 year old she's been doing business since she was since she was two uh and she's she's grown up in collaborative environments where we're a collaborative family family we're, we're a 24 7 family she mm-hmm. she runs part of the family business so she's learned how to communicate she's learned how to be vulnerable she's learned the power of collaboration and Um, The emotional intelligence that comes from thinking about collaboration, thinking about observing yourself, you know, and and seeing yourself on how you show up in the relationship has been uh, essential to, to her development and who she is, because she's learned to recognize that it's not just me, it's not just her there. It's not just her mom, but there's a relationship entity that exists between all of us. Right. Yeah. So where between, between me and my daughter, it's me, her, and our relationship. There's a third entity there that has to be addressed. And if both people are being defensive, then the relationship entity is being ignored. So
0: I love the fact that you're teaching that to, to kids and stuff. Well, actually, during COVID, one of my projects was to start working on a book for ten to twelve-year-olds, teaching them the collaboration skills. Because if we can get them to do it, you know, uh, then they've got a lifetime ahead of them. And most no. of the people that we work with are, are you know, forty and fifty-year-olds, yeah. and uh, already had problems in their life be- as a result. So I hope. That yeah,
1: you're, you're absolutely right. If we can get to the young ones, right, the the ones now, and teach them this concept of collaboration and putting the relationship first over themselves then that makes addressing your own fears your own defensiveness a lot easier
0: yeah and you don't have to give up yourself to be in a relationship too you know you Mm. the key is is knowing what your preferences are and then to be flexible about those preferences but uh it's not like you have to give yourself away uh to be in a relationship if if you're in a relationship and you find yourself giving yourself away and not being very authentic that's not a very good relationship for you.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It just, it, all that does is build up hidden resentment and you know, that's when things explode and then they get to come and sit in front of you. Well, if you were so a judge, they get to come sit in front of you or another judge to, to sort it out for themselves because they weren't able to do it for themselves. Right. Right. Well, Jim, this is, um, this this kind of conversation these things right here the the radical collaboration the reducing defensiveness getting people to understand how they operate why they operate and, and looking at things differently through uh, through a different lens and, and giving them permission to to be different to do something radical to want something more for themselves in the relationships business family and otherwise is is important work and i i i can't thank you enough for this work that you're doing in the world because one, it's affirming for me and two, it's just, it's so needed in the world and and I I look forward to having you back on the show at a future date, maybe even having you uh, come talk to our community uh, at Superpower Experts once we're done with the new rebranding and so forth. Um, I'd love to have you back.
0: I would enjoy that very much.
1: Folks, Go take a look at RadicalCollaboration.com, Jim's book, uh, Radical Collaboration, and take a look at his TED Talk as well. These concepts right here of radical collaboration, reducing your own defensiveness, are really the the key behind your success in all things, your relationships, your business, your family life, raising your kids, all of it. it, it this is the pivotal pivotal conversations that you need to be having with yourself and your children along the way. And until next time, folks, go out there, incorporate your own superpowers so you can change the world. Take care.
0: Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower
1: quiz today.